Welcome to episode 56 of the Contra Fabulist podcast. I'm Audrey Waters. And I'm Ken Lane. And we are home in a cloud-covered, normally, Hermosa, Hermosa Beach, getting ready to leave town in a couple of days. For what's going to be, I hope, for me, the last two conference presentations I give this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm just tagging along for uh, to be your bodyguard, but uh, I don't have any purpose of going. But I'm looking forward to wrapping up your your last two talks and, and enjoying the summer. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, it'll be even better, like I said. Yeah, when I when I finish them, uh, when I actually finish writing them, <laughs> finish making the slides, and then actually stand up in front of a group of people and uh, deliver the talks. And then, yeah, I'm done. I'm turning down all speaking requests um, until this time next year when I am will be have completed my, my fellowship because I'm focused on writing, not um, conferencing. So, so just to give everyone the uh, a, a behind-the-scenes look of of what it's like here today while she's preparing for these talks, this podcast is the first time she's spoken to me today. So, um, that's just based. It shows a little this bit is, of the amount of work that goes into That is a slight exaggeration because I do believe I asked you to toast to me an English muffin. You did. You at did. about eleven o'clock this morning. Yes, I am. So we- all right. So I I am exaggerating a little bit, but um, not a whole lot. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we have, we're going to focus, I think, today on primarily one story that happened this week. We're going to focus, all, despite all of the hullabaloo that ha- happened in the world of politics this week, we're going to focus on a story about tech, a big story. Well, and, and for me, it's API. It's it's very API, so I don't get to do APIs very much in this podcast. So I'm like super super happy that uh, we get to do this. So um, this, I mean, I think I think this story represents a, a lot of what you and I are about. It's a tool that you and I both use, and it's a it's a, a startup founder that um, both of you and I really respect as far as the the tools he's Can, built. Dare but, we say V? The, the, start, the startup founder. The startup founder, yes. <laughs> um, but, I mean, for me, you know, to... But let's start build... with the headline, the big headline. Da, 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 June 1st, announcement. Pinboard has acquired Delicious. Yes. And uh, Pinboard and Delicious both being social bookmarking sites. And to kind of set the stage, um, you know, Delicious was... When they start, it was like, I guess I should have looked at that Wikipedia page you shared. But, um, you know. Um, they were founded in 2003. Yeah. I've done the whole acquired by Yahoo in 2005. Yeah. So they were, you know, they were the, the API light going on for me. You know, as far as um, I was an early delicious user. Um, it was um, one of those those first kind of social startups that people kind of hyped up and everyone got excited about. And but it was useful. I could I could bookmark uh, you know the links that I was finding on the web. And the first time I was able to change the URL and not just see an HTML listing of my links, but get an XML listing of my links um, right there on the web. And it wasn't anything complicated. It wasn't soap. It wasn't anything, you know, out of IT or really, you know, technical circles. I mean, it's technical, but, um, so that's the first time that, you know, APIs kind of went on, the, the light went on for me that, Hey, this is, this is going to be useful. 
But, um, you know, starting, I don't know when Pinboard launched exactly, but he, um, you know, is a tool that I adopted pretty quickly because I saw... Pinboard uh, launched in 2009. Thank you. I'm so glad you do all this great research. So I I was a heavy delicious user, but, as you know, as soon as um, Pinboard happened, I think I was using Google Notebook for bookmarking at that point, which was a, a massive failure. And I had gone for a little while... Um, not having a bookmarking tool. So when Pinboard came out, I, I jumped on board and we were early adopters, both of us. Um, which if you, what was the business can model? I, you can, got I clarify, can I clarify this story? Because I know the day I signed up for Pinboard and it was December uh, 16th, 2011, when someone leaked a slide from an internal talk at Yahoo listing a set of, of services, products that Yahoo planned to sunset. And on that list was delicious. And at the time I was like yourself, a heavy delicious user. Um, and I thought, oh my God, I have to, I have to move to a different book bookmarking site because bookmarking is a core piece of my workflow as a researcher. And I, there was no way I was going to move to Digo, which was another popular bookmarking tool among educators, because I thought that Digo was bloated, a bloated piece of software. And from my poking around at it, sort of also pretty um, unsecure in terms of um, the, the way it was engineered. And I heard about Pinboard, I saw that it was light and simple, and they had a what I thought was a really interesting, it's a segue to your question, a really interesting and innovative business model, right? Which was, unlike, unlike Delicious, which I never paid for, um, when, when Pinboard was founded, they started charging around $3 for every new user, but the fees increased automatically by a small fraction of a penny for each new user, so that as the as the workload for pinboard and to to put a little asterisk this is the work of one person Maciej Zaglowski uh, as the, as his workload increased the the fee to join went up right and in some ways that was meant to sort of slow the growth so that he could always handle it in terms of his work, but also in terms of the cost, the cost of actually running a service, right, running the servers um, to handle people, people's data. Um, but I think the day that we learned that Yahoo was closing, so many people joined, I think, um, according to the to the Wikipedia page, and I'm sure that he's probably written about this, the fee had increased by like, from like around $3 to about $9 to give you an idea of how many people were, were, were rapidly joining, um, were joining Pinboard. And I've been a loyal user ever since. Um, in fact, I pay the additional, in addition to the one, like there was a one-time user fee to join. I also pay the additional, I think, annual fee now to maintain an archive, a full archive, a full text archive of everything I've ever bookmarked. So I don't just have a link to what I bookmarked. Um, I have actually have um, a, a snapshot of all the content as well. 
Yeah. Sorry, it's, I, hope that, I hope that wasn't a, too much of a... No, that's, that's more than yeah. I was going to provide as far as the business model showing that, you know, for me, it's... The, Pinboard is the best API model of a startup for me, um, even better than Amazon or Twilio. And it's um, very meaningful, I think, that, that, that he acquired Pinboard or Delicious this week because it's kind of coming full circle of all this hype and BS. And you mentioned in there with the, the business model that, you know, we were willing to pay for this. And this is a tool that we find, you know, you said it's, it's an indispensable part of your, your, your workflow. And, and so wanting to pay for these things so they don't go away. So they don't have to have these kind of hyped up overinflated kind of bull, oh, I almost said it, BS, uh, business models that, um, I've always used them as the example. Like this is this is the 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 SaaS API business model that I want to support as a business owner. Partly because I'm a I'm I'm a one person uh, shop with API evangelist. You're one person with Hack Education. Together we're a two person contrafabulous team. But we're really big on businesses that do one thing and does it well and then support other people who do that and I've always been a big supporter of what he does with Pinboard he does one thing he does it very well he has a a, a, a nice SaaS implementation with an API it's been one of the most stable APIs I've had integrated into my system people are always saying how APIs are unreliable can't trust them. I've had his integrated into my system since day one and going on five years now, that's, um, says a lot, you know, the over five years of integration. Well, I mean, and I think that this is, but this is, you know, the, this, this question of trustability of the API, right? We're like that, that's a very, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to unpack in that. Like, are you, like when we talk about, do we trust, um, something, uh, uh, an API, right? Do we trust a piece of technology to keep working? Do we mean tech, like technically, is it being maintained technically? And is it perhaps, you know, being moved forward so that it, so that it, um, continues to operate with whatever the sort of, um, whatever the, the, the tools are, um, the programming language, the tools, the specifications, the standards are of the day. So that's one question about trust and reliability. But there's this other question, I think, that comes up with, do we trust the company? Um, and do we trust the company to stick around? And this is something that you and I talk about quite frequently because the, 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 the prevailing model for... Um, Silicon Valley tech startups. I mean, the, the and the whole notion of a startup is that these are high risk, high growth companies that that by and large are going to go away. So venture capitalists are willing to put a lot of money into them, um, hoping that one of you know one of many of the bets that they're going to make on a startup comes to fruition through a successful IPO or a successful successful acquisition but these companies startups are really sort of because they're venture backed they're not really designed uh, structurally in terms of finance in terms of the sort of the 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 life um, expectancy, if you will, of the company is really not very long. And so, you know, Delicious, Delicious had, you know, again, this was a decade ago. So the money isn't, the money, I mean, we probably have to adjust it to today, to today's sort of market. But, um, you know, they had 
um, Delicious had raised in 2005 about $2 million in venture funding um, from Union Square Ventures. It was acquired um, later that year by Yahoo for estimate between $15 million to $30 million. So those venture capitalists made a good made a good return on their investment. Um, but since then, you know, what happens when a company like Yahoo, and, and perhaps Yahoo's a bad example because they don't have a very good reputation these days, but what happens when a company, a startup, even something as simple like a bookmarking tool gets acquired by an internet giant like, like Yahoo, it sort of gets pushed to the side. Um, in 2000, after the news that Yahoo was going to sunset it, the company was actually delicious. The product was sold to a different company, one created by the founders of YouTube. There were a lot of, I think, frustrations with what happened to that. Um, features were changed. Um, and then it was sold again in 2014 to a different company and sold again in 2016 to a different company. And then finally this year, Pinboard acquired it. And I can't remember if if um, Maciej Soglowski has tweeted this or if I saw this somewhere. But from what I understand, he acquired it for about $35,000. Yeah. So from this from this venture capitalist investment in 2005 of two million dollars what we have at the end is sort of this this chunk of the api perhaps and and a substantial user base um you, per, you know you've you've um, we can pull up some of the the, tw the tweets from the pinboard account i mean there's still a substantial amount of of users of this but um but but we can see that we're a real um uh diminishment i think of the of the prestige of the usefulness and then the sort of folks who are just sort of bad stewards of really, like you said, one of these core pieces of, if you will, web 2.0 technologies. You know, Yahoo is a bad steward. Avo Systems was a bad steward. I mean, and I think that Pinboard is very clear that um, he plans to turn off the API. The site's not going to go away, but he's going to be moving, moving users to um, over um, from from delicious in in into pinboard, and I don't think he's, I think he's preserve you know he's preserving. If this isn't about acquiring, you know millions of new customers for his business model, this is actually about preserving, archiving really an important piece of of internet history. Well, and I want to I want to get to a, a, a part of talk about the business model and how you and I have have used this as a as a as a model as a blueprint and and actively have startup people tell us that that we're silly for 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 believing so that you know pinboard's an anomaly it's not really a viable thing you have to take venture capital you have to take venture everyone capital everyone takes venture everyone capital everyone takes venture capital it's how you build software it's how you build useful tools but to show you know that 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 volatility that you just described about a tool that i'm more than happy to pay you a couple of bucks a month in perpetuity perpetuity if you do this properly for me now where isn't there money in doing that for thousands or millions of people and not messing with their reality? But before, you know, well, before yeah, I mean, what, what, what do you mean by money? Do you mean, do you mean, is there enough money in this gig that one person can support himself with a small business? Or do you mean, 
is Maciej Soglowski going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, and get a bunch of people rich, a bunch of old white dudes as well as maybe one one younger white dude rich. I mean, he's our age, so yeah. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> I'm I'm only 22, so um, well, it's it for me. It 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 shows the volatility of it. It comes full cycle, and it what really makes it an API story for me is is because. He 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 embodies as a as a startup as a business, the API kind of ethos that you do one thing, you do it well, keep it modular, keep it stable, reliable, and and there's money to be made in that. There's value in that, and but the importance of having an API because of you know when he when Delicious first got bought, he said, hey. If you want to switch your tools or your system integration or come over and migrate to Pinboard, it's which the, I did, it's yeah. it's API Pinboard's API is the delicious API. It uses the exact same naming and ordering and conventions, so that switch and that migration was um, seamless. And this is why APIs are important, but this is why public, open, shareable. Um, you know, public domain API designs are so important. Pinboard was the was one of the core arguments when, um, as part of the Oracle versus. Do you mean Google. delicious? Sorry, what did I say? Pinboard, yeah, delicious. Sorry, well, no, the delicious and the pinboard. Um, just that 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 when when they got acquired, that that was possible for a bunch of customers as well as now a bunch of customers able to you know that 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 seamless nature in acquisitions and disruption that occurs. Because APIs exist and because common patterns can be reused, if Pinboard had sued, or excuse me, if Delicious had sued Pinboard early on and said, don't copy our API, that would have never been possible. And so this was a core argument that I made as part of the Electronic Frontier Foundation when we originally submitted an amicus brief as part of the Oracle v. Google copyright case, which I don't want to go into too much detail, but, you know, Oracle has been suing Google for the last five or six years saying they can't copy the Java API. And I just signed another amicus brief this last month in the next round of this case. So it'll be ongoing for a while. But the Pinboard and the Delicious relationship as an API story technically is is an API story. Business-wise is an API story and legally and politically it's an API story and it's just a really important representation of how how much illness and and just instability the Silicon Valley model can can introduce into these these very simple situations we're sharing links. So there's another there's another piece of of the business model. I mean, we talked a little bit about um We've, and we, I think we talk quite a lot about the ways in which, for some companies, raising venture capital is their business model, right? They haven't really thought about how they're going to generate revenue other than other than running around Sand Hill Row and like pitching pitching old white men to give them millions of dollars. So that's so um, that so that that's the one piece is the business model. The other piece is where do you spend the money? Right. And one of the tweets um, that the Pinboard account made is, I think, which is probably such a fascinating exercise for him to be going through both the code and then going through um, the, you know, the rest of what you get when you buy a company. And he him, um, he he tweeted that at one point, Avos, which um, which is, again, this company that acquired 
the delicious product from Yahoo, um, its founders are the two guys that founded um, YouTube, that they were spending 40000 a month on AWS hosting. Their total lifetime revenue, that's through premium accounts that they sold, um, was their total lifetime revenue, excuse me, their lifetime revenue was $7,000. And that's the lifetime revenue from premium accounts. They made about $5,000 a month from ads. So that doesn't add up, right? So you're spending out the going out the door. And this is, you know, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but there's notion of burn rate, right? That, um, so how fast are you burning through the venture capital? How fast are you burning through your savings account or your credit cards or whatever you're using to sustain yourself in order to sort of launch yourself into the Facebook or Google stratosphere? So they were spending $40,000 a month on hosting through Amazon Web Services, and they were bringing in about $5,000 a month from advertising. And in the lifetime of the company, which is I, what I think um, three years of being owned by Evo Systems, they had made $7,000 selling premium accounts. So that that's part of this other sort of, when you talk about reliability of an API, there are all of these other things going on behind the scenes in terms of just the revenue and expenditures that I think a lot of folks, when they adopt new technologies, don't always Think about and there's a story that um, I won't say the name of the startup, but they're a very popular um, education technology tool um, that was free. is still is still free to this day, and they have you know they boast that they have um, many many users, uh, but each time someone uses this tool, it costs them money. Um, and you know, they at one point contacted me asking me not to talk about them or write them anymore because they weren't sure how they were going to pay their next bill for the technology that their service was built on top of. So AWS is a fairly common one, right? So that's your, that's your hosting, um, that can be your storage. Um, but there are lots of these other pieces that, that startups are building on that end up being, you know, you're looking at tens of thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars a month to pay for your, to pay for your technology infrastructure. Um, and when your tool is free or, or we, even when your tool costs a little bit of money, um, it's not really, it's not really penciling out for people. And the ones who are surviving are the ones I think who have these really deep, um, pockets of, of VC funding, um, which doesn't mean that the best tool survives. It just happens to mean that the ones with the, you know, the ones with the largest bank accounts. One. I don't think which isn't pe- reason to rate which isn't which I should say which is not reason to raise venture capital it's actually reason to take a look at how much you're spending every month right if you're if your AWS bill is $40,000 a month and your tool is free y- you got it wrong the answer isn't go raise venture capital right that's not the that's not the answer no I mean and and that's what I love about pinboard is 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 his early business model demonstrated 
he had done the basic math involved in knowing what his compute costs, what his bandwidth, what his storage costs, all the essential ingredients that goes into his and business. And probably his rent. His right? rent. Like, he, he knows. And he knew what he could charge. I mean, these are two core tenets of my API monetization and planning researches. What are the numbers? What can you charge? And then and then and then running a real business basically with a fair market markup and and then not just adding in new features and buzzes so that you can court and do this dance with new VCs that speak to whatever the latest trend is. He just did one thing and 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 did it well and stuck to that. And I don't think companies realize how much um, their legacy technical debt is wound up in this song and dance in this VC game and these features being added that you don't need because that feature had nothing to do with you. It had to do with, you know, getting that series C because the latest trend was bots or, you know, whatever. And and now your company is beholden to this. And I just did I'm in just kind of at the tail end of of shifting up my infrastructure and getting rid of I've had my own core system running since 2010 and 11 and I'm switching to to be using more SaaS solutions and um, so I'm getting rid of downsizing my my Amazon bill for database storage because I migrated a big chunk to Google Spreadsheets um, which is free um, well um, I actually it's in, under my my paid um, account for my business it's not under my free gmail and so um, i pay a monthly subscription to store those spreadsheets and um but i'm able to downsize my mysql on amazon um i'm able to shrink the size of servers that i have because i i got rid of a bunch of uh interfaces i i didn't need anymore so i'm as i'm sh downsizing all this I'm reducing my Amazon bill. I'm re I'm evaluating the other SaaS tools. I use Dropbox. I went from a $75 account down to a 15, which I had to get to by deleting my account. I couldn't, there wasn't just a direct path for me to go to. It was very difficult. They made it very hard to downsize. Amazon didn't, they're making it easy. But along the way, I'm like having to rethink how Pinboard fits into this. And because my interface for Pinboard is either a bookmarklet via the Twitter API by starring things, mean, meaning when I star something in Twitter, um, it, it shows, it gets bookmarked into my, my pin board automatically through the uh, Twitter API. And then because they have RSS feeds and, they ha and pin board has an API, I can just shift and go, well, I'm gonna now, instead of pin board going into my, my main system I had before, it now goes into my RSS feeder this way, or it goes over here, and how things are tagged. I, well, I now pull off that hashtag, and, and I'm good to go. And, and I'm still using their tool, and still ultimately, in theory, paying that, that, that monthly, you know, that, that regular fee for it, even though I got in on that early deal. But so, I don't think people understand how much technical debt we deal with on a daily basis because we've bought into these Silicon Valley games that really aren't about us. They're about selling businesses and building businesses to these rich white dudes. Well, I think about, you know, it's interesting because um, every once in a while I see someone ask, you know, what, what, been, what bookmarking service, what bookmarking tool are people uh, <laughs> using nowadays? Excuse me. And I always, I always recommend Pinboard. I mean, and, and partially I recommend Pinboard um, because, like you said, I mean, I feel like I'm aligned, I'm aligned very closely with um, not just the ease of which, the, the ease of which the tool, like you said, I, I also, 
um, star things in Twitter because they, then they get sent, they get sent to my pin board. I, I use pin board every day as part of my, my workflow for, for my research, but also I'm a huge fan of the, of the talks that, um, Maciej Soglowski gives. And I would say, you know, I, I really, um, want to be someone who's doing the kind of work that he does in his talks, which is helping people understand. And then I think, uh, to use an academic term, you know, sort of deconstruct the stories that were being told by technology companies. I mean, if you look, I often share um, the keynotes that he gives. And one of the things I love about his his website is that it's it really looks like a, like our websites did in circa, you know, 2004, 2005. It is plain text with the addition of some image tags in order to insert, um, insert what would I, the, what insert what would be the slides of his, of his talk into them. There's no JavaScript. There's no Facebook like, there's no widgets. Um, there's no data tracking. There's no, um, share this. There's no other crap in there. It's, you know, he's, and he makes it very clear that when you use pin boards, similarly, he's not, he, you know, it's, it's, he's very clear about the ethics of tracking data and storing data on users. Um, or he's clear that that's, that that is, um, increasingly, unethical because of the risks that you're putting yourself and your users by tracking all this information about him. So I, I always recommend Pinboard as being a light tool that really does exemplify the kinds of things that we should be thinking about in education, which is we don't actually need to be, you know, surveilling all of the students and all of the teachers in order to sort of boost outcomes. But I think that a lot of people, um, if they were pinboard or excuse me, if they were delicious users or if they were deep, particularly if they're Digo users, they want the tools to do certain things that they've been told are necessary and don't necessarily think about other ways in which, to borrow a technical term here, other ways, other ways in which they can hack other systems to do those things. So really, Pinboard provides everything that you probably need, but it doesn't come with all this other bloat. It doesn't have a fancy 2017 looking interface. It looks very much like a 2005 piece of, of technology. Um, it's plain, you know, very plain and simple. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles and that's, that's a selling point. But for a lot of people, I think that they've been convinced that if it's not bloaty and if it doesn't have that sort of um blue blue um uh graphics of facebook um that if it doesn't have the endless scroll um of of other websites that somehow it's not modern well people just seem to be unable to get past the 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 technical wizardry smoke and mirrors and the um, and they've been just groomed and trained on the web, you know, from from Microsoft Office to Internet Explorer, that this is how it's done, and completely oblivious to the the business and the politics of what's going on behind Bloat it. Bloat is always better. Like that's the funny thing to me. You know, this is a I don't want to I don't want to actually take this 
um, on a sidetrack, you know, we're almost up against our half hour now, but it's funny this week, um, Mary Meeker, the venture capitalist, Mary Meeker released her internet trends report, which every year people act as though this is the most brilliant and insightful thing that they've ever seen on quote unquote, the trends of what's going on line. Um, and this week, this year's presentation was 355 slides, 355 slides. That's ridiculous. She started doing this about five years ago. And the first year there were like 60 slides. And so think about like, think about how bloated this, this particular, um, service or product, I guess it's a product from Kleiner Perkins has, has got over the past five years and everyone acts as though this is sort of this indispensable report when really it's just, it's just 355 slides of, I'm going to go ahead and cuss, it's 355 slides of unnecessary bullshit in order to convince the tech industry that somehow software is eating the world, when really I think what it demonstrates is that venture capitalists don't have a clue what's going on. And same with software engineers, but if they throw enough bells and whistles and crap into it, that everyone's going to write about it as though, and use it as though it's the most mind-blowing thing they've ever seen in their lives. People have lost all critical faculty when it comes to any of this stuff, and they act as though any slide deck, any slide deck with more than 20 slides probably needs to be rethought, substantially rethought, Right? Like, unless you're like delivering like a, like a 13 hour talk, like you just don't need that much crap in there. That's not how, like, it's not even useful information. It's just, it's just like the, the student who crams every single thing in there because they couldn't come up with a thesis, right? There's no thesis for Silicon Valley right now, other than like, we just figure it's all ours and as long as we get bigger, as long as it's venture capital, as long as it grows in this particular way, it's really exciting and you should be on board with that. And I think that Pinboard is this really, really neat and tidy um, response to that, that people should be paying a lot more attention to the product. People should be paying a lot more attention to what Maciej Soglowski says when he, you know, when he sends out these cautionary miss missives about what the hell these folks are up to. Yeah. So many lessons in there. So many, I mean, I, 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 we could do a whole, uh, you know, several series on talking about his business model and the technical, but I think that ends it, ends it well. I think we should, we should wrap it up there because, it just shows how how lost we are, I think. And and what's super scary is is the tech is driving everything, even with as lost as we are. Well, the te the it's the tech isn't driving anything. Like it's it's this venture capital. It's this sort of venture capital narrative that's driving things. And I think that what we can see when we look at the tech is the tech is crap. Right, the tech isn't the tech isn't interesting. The product isn't interesting. And venture capitalists are trying really hard to tell an interesting story, but it takes them three hundred and fifty-five slides, and they can't even pull it off at that. Yeah, well, keep keep up the constant assault is how you uh, I think keep people you know unable to to think clearly and see through all of this. But uh, I guess that's why we talk each week, right? Shock and awe. All right, till next week then.